Hello, welcome to this next episode of the Rocks On Podcast. We're joined today by Rocks uh, Paul Forward, Fraser Malcolm. Hi, Fraser, how are you doing? I am good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So we'll just fire straight into it, similar to what we've done with the other guys. Loads of questions, questions about your career, how you got into the game, and yeah, what's life like for Fraser Malcolm? So first question, uh, like I've asked again, like the other guys, how did you get into the sport? And secondly, like what other sports did you play when you were younger? Um, kind of like most I was I was playing football up until maybe 14 um, and then my brother he started playing basketball first um, with Falkirk Fury Johnny's Johnny's dad's team in Falkirk um, pretty much I'd, I'd go watch my brother I'd go watch the men's team which had Ali Fraser Keith Bunyan Johnny Bunyan um, and kind of watch them and, and that was the year before I started playing basketball and then the following year was when I was when I started playing um, with under 16s Nice one. So, would you say that your your brother was like your main inspiration, or was it probably just watching like the combination of those guys playing at Falkirk that kind of got you into it or got you kind of on this journey? No, I, I definitely say it was my my brother. We had a hoop out in the in the garden, so we'd always go and go and play one on one or go shoot outside, and then um, you know just kind of got just got excited by it. Just really enjoyed the sport, like how fast paced it was. Yeah. Um, so at that time, you know, I was watching under 16 Fury, under 18 Fury, and then going to the senior men's games. Um, and then also my brother, you know, he, he was in love with the sport as well. So uh, we'd watch NBA and, and just talk basketball all the time. So I definitely say it was my, my brother was the biggest influence. Who kind of won those one-on-one encounters in the garden then? Who was, who was, who won the most of them? Uh, he was always winning until, I think, I think the first time I beat him was, was when I was 16, when I took my, took my big growth spurt. So <laughs> don't think he's won, I don't think he's won one since then. And I'll be upset if he wins another one. So, <laughs> so that's interesting. You mentioned growth spurt. Um, when did you, would you say you took like, your growth spurt? Because what are you down at 6'6"? Six, six? Yep, 6'6". Six, six. I'd probably say I, I grew around that 16, 17 yeah. age to, to about 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six. Um, which, which helped a lot with basketball, obviously, with yeah. rebounding and all that stuff that goes with it. Thanks, man. So obviously, if you're playing for Falkirk and the junior setups there, how did you find like playing for like... Uh, the Scotland junior setup, and then even getting into like the under twenty GB setup. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, it was it was kind of what everyone looked forward to at the end of the year, and um, working hard all season to, to to have a shot at making the Scotland teams. Uh, my first year, we went to um, Denmark. We had a tournament down in Nottingham, and I think we might have played like Ireland as well. So I mean, it was just a bit of a taster before uh, European Championships the next year, um, and then kind of it was progressing every year I was getting better every year and feeling more comfortable and confident every year and um, I missed out on my first year at GB20s um, I think I made it I made it to the camp but I, I didn't make it into the final team um, and then I, I made it in the following year so it was a good progression through and uh, really enjoyed all the, all the national team stuff. Who else was playing in the under 20 setup when you were there? Um, so the year that I went we played in Greece and um, so it was like Jules, uh, Dan Kodo, who plays yeah. for London Lions, um, Dean Williams and Callum Lawson, who both play in Iceland, in the top league in Iceland. Um, uh, so Dale Hansen Young played for Cheshire for a couple of years. He was in the team. Uh, Farah Gordon and Ka- uh, Kyle Cheshire, Perry. Uh, they were... It's a long, long time ago now. That's cool. But yeah, we, we had a decent... Decent, decent team. I think we finished seventh or sixth or something like that. Um, nice. So we weren't too far off. Too far. I think we're we wanting to finish top three, but 
um, it was a really strong year that year as well. So, um, when I was researching you, you obviously I seen that you ended up kind of going over to Iceland for a wee bit. How did that kind of come about, uh, and what did you kind of learn from that experience, being obviously a different culture? Um, I, I I wanted to take a year. I always wanted to go and play uh, college basketball in America. Um, so I, I wanted to take a year just to you know get used to living in a different country, and um, I wanted to try and play in prep school in America to, as kind of a stepping stone. Um, applied for a bunch of different places, and one being where Johnny went, uh, Kimball Union. Uh, I was unsuccessful, I didn't get in, but the Kimball Union's coach, uh, his son was coaching an academy in Iceland, um, and pretty much said, like, that's, you know, if you have the chance to go there. And then Johnny's dad also also brought that up to me and, and helped me get over to Iceland, and uh, absolutely loved it. Um, great country, great people, really good basketball. And just thoroughly enjoyed my, my experience there. So would that have been uh, linked in with uh, former Rocks assistant coach Eric, Sol Eric Olsen? Yeah, it was Eric, Eric Olsen. So the first year I started watching basketball when I was watching the Fury men's team was that was the year that Eric was playing for Fury. Um, and then kind of always just knew him from, from there. Uh, so it was great to have that link and Johnny's dad having that link there as well and, and kind of helping with uh, setting that up. Amazing. So obviously, good year in Iceland, learn a lot, I'm guessing, about that. And then you end up at uh, Black Hills State Uni in America. Like, did you get many offers from America? Like, uh, I'm guessing that was a Div 2 school. Like, was that where you wanted to be with, for school-wise? Or yeah, how did that all come about? Um, I had a couple offers before I went to, to Iceland, but it was junior colleges, and, and um, which which I was open to. It was just the, the teams that were kind of recruiting me. They, maybe weren't the best teams or I didn't feel their style suited how, how I wanted to play and maybe wasn't great for my development. So I took that year in Iceland to, to try and get a few more offers. Um, I, had a, I had a few offers, nothing crazy like you see some of the guys now with <laughs> 50 different offers. Um, but I, I got the one from Black Hill State and I really liked the coach. I liked, um, I liked kind of what he was putting together. He was new to the, to the programme and, and was kind of rebuilding. Uh, so I had the chance to play right away, and that's kind of all I, all I wanted. I wanted to go over and, and play and make, make an impact on the programme. So um, I think I signed pretty early on. I signed around Christmas. Nice. Um, and, and that was it. My recruitment was done. Easy, so. easy. So uh, three or four years, you had a couple of conference all-team selection. Like, so yeah. How did you all enjoy your four years with the Green Jackets? Like style of living, schooling, all that kind of stuff? Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Um, it was right out in the countryside so very laid back great great people made you feel very welcome and um, had just some amazing teammates and uh, Michaela who played in the in the Scottish League last year and um, he was on the team for two years and um, but yeah just just a great bunch of guys and it was great to get my education as well through that and get my, my teaching degree and um, but no I just absolutely loved it and it was it was great to kind of go through that progression where the team uh, we kind of we weren't great. We missed playoffs my first two years, um, because we were rebuilding, and then we made playoffs for the first time in the in the school's history my uh, third year, and then we made it to the championship game in my mm -hmm. um, in my fourth year. Fortunately, I was injured. I didn't play in it, um, but they still still made it there. And then the following year, they've they've won a they won the uh, conference championship. So it was kind of great to go through that whole progression and, and see things develop. That's amazing. Um, do, you, do you still keep in touch with a lot of your kind of classmates and teammates from back then? 
Yeah, keep, keep in touch with a lot of them. Uh, still keeping in touch with all the coaches that I had there as well. And um, we're always keen to see how I'm getting on, and it's good to just keep an eye on how on how they're doing. Amazing. So in the middle of all that, uh, 2018 obviously comes around, Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Um, talking to some of the other guys, like Johnny and Gareth, they all just said how amazing the trip was to be with like their pals as such and just have mm-hmm. a great experience. What made it so special for you? I, I think that was, that's just the same thing for me. We were, you know, no real expectations when we went. I don't think anyone was expecting us to either win a game or go through to the next round. Um but I think the reason we were winning was because we were such a, a tight knit group. We, um, you know, we fought for each other, and really, when we weren't when we weren't training or we weren't playing games, it was almost we were kind of just on holiday with our, yeah. you know, on, on holiday with our friends. So, um, just the best four weeks, uh, most most enjoyable experience I've had in, in my life, and um, just a great all round experience. Yeah, it's amazing, similar to what Johnny said as well. So I went, I was just on the Commonwealth site earlier to see like your contribution. So England, you had 9.7 rebounds. Cameroon, which I think they spread the minutes a bit more, was five and six. India, six points. Australia, which is always going to be the toughest game ever. <laughs> you, you led the scoring up a nine and then New Zealand, eight points. Uh, what was the difference, would you say, and facing a team like Australia, obviously the home Commonwealth nation, like how was that to play guys that are playing at that level? I mean, before before the game, it was um, you just you know how good these guys are. Like they, they make the teams when they play Team USA, and yeah. and uh, a lot of these guys are Olympic Olympians and playing the top league in in, uh, in Australia. Um, I think. From my perspective, I just kind of took it as I'm getting to play Australia in Australia. You know, if, if we're going to lose, we're going to lose playing against the best team in the competition and in front of the biggest crowd. Um, so I kind of took it just for the experience. Um, the result, obviously, it would be very, very tough for us to win it, but just amazing how sometimes you're kind of on the court and you can really see the ball because these guys are passing the ball so quickly and moving so quickly. And, um it was just a great game to be a part of, just even just saying that you played against them. Exactly. I suppose something like the atmosphere because of the whole buzz of the, the kind of mega mm-hmm. event, it must have just been amazing to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go back to like the England game. I always remember watching that game and just thinking like all the guys just seemed to be in a groove. We had a, we were like a step ahead of the English guys. Mm-hmm. You look at your performance, 9.7 rebounds. You look at what G did. Like, what, what was it that made that game kind of special? For like probably everyone involved, um, I think we we knew that England would probably be the favourites to win our group. Um, I'd never, I wasn't playing in the video by that point, um, so I had no idea who, kind of what to expect. Yeah. Um, you know, we we also had some younger guys, some guys who play in the national league in Scotland, who were maybe in a sim- similar position to me that were kind of going in a bit. Um, unknown um, but it was great to have guys like Kieran Alley, Johnny, Gareth and um, Mike who you know are, have that experience and um, kind of hit some big shots at the start of the game that settled everyone's nerves and you know halfway through the the first quarter you're thinking you know we're, we're kind of hanging in here we're playing them tight and I, can't, I think the longer the game went on the more belief we got and maybe a little bit more nervous the England team got um, just as the game wasn't really going the way they wanted it, um, but 
no, it was it was great that we stuck together. And then we also had uh, Bevel, just a great coach. Um, you know, ran all twelve players, gave everyone roles, and and just kind of got got the most out of everyone. I felt, um, and also just instilled that belief in us. Yeah, that leads me into my next question. Perfect. Uh, what so what did Rob Beveridge uh, kind of bring to the party as such? Because obviously he only came in. Like, let's be honest, a month, two months max, I think it was a month before yeah. the event. Like, what did he bring? Uh, obviously, a coach of vast experience in Australia. But yeah, what did he add to like the group? Uh, it was it was fun because I, I met the team. I didn't come home first because I was still in college. I just yeah, met him in Australia. Um, <laughs> so the first time I met him was pretty much as soon as I got off the, the plane. Off the plane and, and to the to the resort. Um, yeah. but he was just kind of perfect in every sense of coaching and uh, tactics were great and kind of playing mind games with the other teams was yeah. great and switching up defenses doing stuff like that and also just a really personable guy that was very very easy going relaxed off the court and you know you could see that he, he really cared for his players and cared about what we were trying to accomplish at the Commonwealth Games and and then we also had uh, Birdie and Curtis doing all the recovery stuff and all the weight sessions as well. So, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say Bevel just done it himself, but it was yeah, such a huge part. Um, and then also brought in Burby and, and helped with all um, all the stuff off the court. Yeah, amazing. I suppose for the whole kind of basketball community, it was kind of some kind of fairy tale journey. Mm-hmm. Even, even well, he didn't medal, but finishing fourth place was a huge achievement, considering at one point it didn't look like Scotland was even going to get a, a team in it. So, yeah, yeah, it was uh, to be all you guys a great honor and yeah, amazing stuff. So, so you turned after obviously Commonwealth Games, you kind of finished off at Uni in America. What was your intentions for coming out of the uh, college? Was it your intention to go play professional for a while, or yeah, what what was the uh, Fraser Malcolm's thinking? Yeah, I, w- I was wanting to play play pro. I wasn't um, I wasn't too sure where I really wanted to go. I was um, just kind of signing with an agent I was um, injured at the time so I was also trying to come back from injury and uh, kind of thinking what the best option would be um, but yeah I was I was really open to, to anything I wasn't I wasn't in a great rush to come home really um, but as soon as I got home I was and signed with the Rocks I was really happy I was happy to be close to family I was happy to be close to friends and playing with guys that I'm familiar with and um, on a really good team. How was it? So when you're over in the states, how often did you just come home every summer, or yeah, yeah, years? just every yeah, just every every summer. It was usually two or three months, and then going into my last year, I think I only came home for maybe three weeks or four weeks or something, um, just because I wanted to get back out there and yeah. and train because it was my last season. And yeah, I, I suppose it's tough, I suppose trying to enter the pros, not knowing where you want to be coming home, you don't probably realize it in the kind of four years of kind of that bubble of uni. Yeah. Is a huge difference, so definitely. Mm. So, uh, where am I at? So, same for the Rocks. Um, what a season that was. Uh, Lavandi as coach. Uh, yeah. So, what what did the, you learn from Lavandi as a coach? Um, I mean, I didn't realize how different uh, professional basketball and college basketball yeah. was. It was a, um, you know, college is very, very structured and more structured just because it's got a longer shot clock and, yeah. and stuff like that. And just because it's professional, the players are just more, I'd probably just say experienced and talented and, and stuff like that, just because they're older and 
um, you know, a bigger pool to, to, to choose from. Um, so it was kind of more him teaching the more of the professional game um, and kind of what's needed on a on a day to day basis to be on a on a championship level team. Because yeah. um, I mean that's what we were. We were at the top of the league, and it was because we we're having great practices day in and day out. Yeah, and I suppose you look at that rocks roster um, from people probably similar to places. You obviously Gareth to Tadas mm-hmm. to um, Vincent. I suppose kind of playing the four a wee bit as well. It was. A great team to kind of watch. Um, you kind of probably had your kind of main breakout game at the start of that uh, new year in the January against Sharks, where you, I think you played about 10 minutes off the bench and just uh, didn't miss. I think it was 17 yeah. points you hit, um, mm-hmm. five five threes or something like that. Yeah, so having a game like that, how did, how did that kind of, kind of guide you into playing a bit more uh, and giving you some more confidence? Uh, it was just, it was good. I mean, it was tough to get a lot of game time. I kind of knew that with looking at you know, the player, the caliber of players that we had on the team. Um, but after hitting them, you know, hit a few shots that I, I felt personally, and, you know, Vincent kind of said that as well, he felt like, you know, I was able to shoot the ball well and, it, um, you know, it was really just uh, the stuff off the ball, getting to the right spots. Um, and it was just one of those games where things went in and, you know, basketball is such a huge confidence game after you have a game like that, then it, then it leads on to, to a few more. And I think I had a good, a good run of games um, just around that, that January, February spell. Yeah, you seem to kind of earn a bit, a few more minutes in the court. Um, and that's such a good team at the time, uh, top of the league. What was it like playing with kind of going, as you said, touch, we'll touch back on this a wee bit. And obviously, going through four years at uni, how was it playing with guys who were like experienced pros like Greg, who'd played across Europe? Uh, Vincent, I think, has played across Europe. Uh, obviously, G and JB. Like, how was that like coming into that kind of camp? Um, I mean, I played with Gareth and Kieran and, and Johnny um, before on national soil. I mean, I was familiar with um, those guys, even if it was just for, for a month or two during the summer. Um, but yeah, it was just, it, it was kind of weird going from kind of being the main guy or one of the main guys in the college team to then kind of going back to the bottom and, and trying to work your way back into minutes and into a bigger role and stuff like that. Um, but I mean that's that's just kind of what it what it is. Um, I'd, I'd I'd like to take that or just kind of getting handed minutes where I was I was fighting and and uh, having to play well to get my minutes. Um, so no, it was a great competitive setting, uh, and it was you know adapted had to adapt. So how would you then describe uh, yourself as a player? Like what's your if someone to say oh what's Fraser Malcolm like as a player? What would you want people to tell them about you? Uh, just hard worker and and uh, sure, and um, you know that's that's kind of what I've I've worked on a lot, and so I, I like to just think that I, I defend hard, I play hard, and then I can knock down the shots when I get them. And, you think that's changed from playing college to the pros? Um, I never used to. I actually never used to shoot before I went to Iceland. Right. And um, like couldn't couldn't shoot at all. Um, I think the, the the summer before at the European Championships, I think I took four threes in the whole competition. Wow! Um, but Icelandic basketball is it's just running gun. Every team's pretty much the same. They're all shooting threes. It's very fast paced. Um, and because it was an academy, you know, I was doing individual workouts every day, and it was mainly just shooting. Um, and then kind of when I got to college, it was kind of how do I find a way to get minutes on the floor? Um, I was only 19, you know, there's guys who are 23 who are 
been in programs for four years um, and kind of shooting was was how I was going to get onto onto the floor so that's what I tried to keep improving. Yeah so I, was, I watched a bit of your tape from uh, playing when you're in the States and yeah you, you can see that like playing on a team where maybe you're the main scorer the confidence to take shots inside and out um, yeah it's, I think I've seen you take a three-point in one of those videos where you actually end up on the floor hitting it. Like, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, also, I, also, I was also playing the four in, uh, in college. Yeah. Um, just because Division 2, it's, it's a little bit shorter positions as well compared to the BBL. Yeah. Um, and I'd say I'm probably a bit too small to play the four in this league. Um, you know, some of these guys. Especially this season. Six or eight and, yeah, especially this season. <laughs> Um, so some of the guys around the league are six eight, six nine, um, and built so like a wall. It, yeah, and built as well. So it was kind of it was also a bit of an uh, having to adapt to moving down positions as well and, and become more of a wing um, and try and develop my game from there as well. So obviously this um, season ends early due to obviously COVID. Um, how would you kind of summed up that first season being a professional? Um. I mean, it was a roller coaster in terms of just everything that went on. We went out the cup. Um, Early. I don't, I don't actually think we went through in the, the group no, stages in the cup. No, we didn't. No. Um, and then kind of added, added Daunting, Torellin. Um, we had a few crazy games and then went on a, a massive run at one point where it just didn't seem like we could we could lose. Yeah. Um, because we're also the best home and the best away record in the league as yeah. well last season. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a it was a great all round season and I definitely learned a lot and it was just amazing just to be around guys like you know Greg and Taras who have played in different leagues and had so much experience and then uh, you know Terrell and Dante coming in with how much talent they had um, but then also just day to day stuff was just it was just hard work you can imagine what our practices were like with you know with that amount of players and um, who were all competing for minutes because i suppose say any on any night any i think, oh, I think we went 12 deep last season and including mm. you having that kind of 17 point night any night anyone could just go off and score 15 20 25 points it was must mean yeah. for opponents such a difficult team to play against mm-hmm. um, yeah. so obviously with COVID hitting, uh, and i don't think many Many of you might not know you're obviously studying or are trying to become a PE teacher here. How 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 has COVID impacted kind of your life in the last kind of year? Uh, balancing studies, playing sport. Yeah, how's it impacted um, you? No, I'm um, so I'm still I'm completing my my uh, NQT year for um, PE teaching. So I, I was working part time last year, um, two days a week, and then uh, this year it's it's been. Um, Full time, so you know, working pretty much every every day. But then we've had remote learning, we've had blended learning, and uh, something being in school, and it's it's just been a, a crazy year for everyone. It's been um, pretty pretty insane for teaching as well, um, and trying to balance that with with being a professional basketball player. So how then has the restrictions impacted you? So um in terms of being at school or even home learning to then combining that with practice like how's how how's that kind of been for you um when we were in school we were practicing at night so i was able to work during the day and then go through and practice at night um during the the blended learning and the remote learning um 
them and it's been being able to be flexible Gareth's been really flexible as well just because no one else is using them and it's really so we, we were able to kind of um, change our practice times if maybe if I had a class one day or um, so just kind of maybe moving practice a little bit uh, I've had to teach an online class in, in the morning um, so it's been it's been quite hectic at times but it's it's uh, it's been great that you know Gareth's been able to to, uh, to accommodate that and, and help me help me with both so moving maybe back a couple of months then let's say for some people who might be listening might not fully understand the kind of restrictions that basketball had in place for you guys at start so what kind of were they initially and what were you allowed to do what weren't you allowed to do compared to when uh, teams were kind of going full at it and playing pre-season matches what were you guys fully um, doing? But, I mean we couldn't we couldn't really get into the to the weight room all year and there was a right at the start there was a point where we had non-contact practice so like we would come in and, and pretty much would be working on drills and stuff and could you even yeah, shoot a basketball then, did you have to have your own ball we we had our own balls and everything <laughs> was getting sanitized and i mean that stuff's um the, all the sanitization and stuff like that still happened just now and um, but it, there was a point where we were having our own balls uh, having to sanitize walls before and after use um, and it was no contact so it wasn't any one-on-one or, or 5v5 stuff it was just strictly um, skill stuff until restrictions were eased a little bit um, so yeah that was it was quite it was quite odd when you're trying to learn how guys play and learn how um, how to become a team when you're not allowed to play with each other and you're just only allowed to work on your own skills yeah and I suppose it's also tough that um and this is something Johnny touched on a lot, is obviously him being the captain of the team, that you can't really get out and socialise with the guys, get to know them. Uh, so how have you yeah. found that, kind of getting to know a new group of guys compared to the year before? Um, I mean, we had stuff in place last year, like we went and done um, a training day with the, with the army, we done that, which was kind of conditioning, but it was also a good way just to get to know everyone. Um, we also had team meals, social events, uh, meet and greet with the... Uh, fans and stuff like that where you'd also get to it's just another chance to see people outside the practice um, but I mean last year you know we were socialising all the time Greg and uh, Greg would come over to our house for, for dinner we would go over and he would cook for us um, Greg's a very good cook so I think we probably got the better the better uh, deal in that one um, but you know none of that stuff's allowed to go on this year so it's, it has been more difficult to yeah. to kind of see people away from basketball and um, but we do stay after practice and kind of chat and, and yeah, touch base with everyone there yeah i suppose that's really important for everyone i suppose to know that there's yeah. guys out there you can talk to as well so let's yeah. let's touch on this season a wee bit uh maybe on court off court a wee bit as well so how would you feel uh diff, diff, obviously a different kind of style of coaching from vincent to gareth also that adapting to a player coach how's that been for you yeah, I mean it's been it's been different. Obviously, I'm used to playing with Gareth. Um, I mean, we've we've always played the same position. He's yeah. got so many more years experience than me. It's he's always kind of coached me in a sense, um, always by kind of giving tips, and then that's kind of just translated to, to the full to the full team where um, you know he's taking taking sessions, and then you know if he's wanting something done, he's able to sub himself in, or he's able to show yeah. us on the court what he, what he's wanting done. Um, so I mean, it has been different, but it's been it's been good. 
Yeah, definitely. So how do you feel your game's been this season, like compared obviously with the kind of uh, slow start and uh, practice and pre-season? So yeah, how do you feel your game's been this year? Yeah, um, I, th- I was hoping to, to play a little bit better. I was hoping to shoot the ball a little bit better. Um, you know, sometimes that's just the way basketball goes and the ball doesn't go in sometimes. And, um, you know, I maybe had a bit of a slower start than what I was anticipating. But um, over the last few weeks, I've, I've been happy with how I've been performing. And um, again, basketball is kind of like it's, it's a game of confidence where when you're feeling confident, sometimes you feel like you can't miss. And, uh, you know, I went on a couple of games like that there. So just uh, always still learning. It's only my second season, but I'm still trying to learn and improve. Yeah, definitely. And what kind of impact do you think, uh, guys, when, when we signed up uh, Ronald and Christian, what kind of impact did that have on the team, would you say? Yeah, huge. Um, just kind of gives a different a different dynamic to the to the team as well. Um, you know, Ron being seven feet tall and can shoot threes, and yeah. it was very difficult for all these other bigs to, to match up with. Um, and then Christian's just so well-rounded, um, obviously played in North Carolina, and um, you know, great shooter, but also very, very just competitive and just wants to win. Um, I'd say that's probably his, his biggest strength is just his competitiveness and and uh, you know he's not he's very much a team guy and is always looking for extra passes and also trying to look to score himself and just really good all round player. Um, but that also has diff- different things as well. Bringing in those two guys, it means that we've got two extra bodies at practice. It makes practices. Um, more competitive and and uh, you know all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and obviously, unfortunately, those guys have gone uh, back to the states. But it seems as if the team are playing a wee bit more aggressive the last few weeks, scoring more points. Uh, maybe a slight change in style, maybe playing a bit quicker. Like, what's kind of the aspirations yep. for finishing out the season? Uh, I think you know it's just just playing hard every game is is you know. When you play hard and you execute and you and you do the, the right things, then you put yourself in a chance to win games. Um, you know, we're very close with Newcastle. I think we're only down 12 with three minutes to go against the top three team in the league. Um, you know, and that's with us playing as well. Sorry, what was that? Competed with London last weekend, uh, the first half, and then Liggins Williams just decided not to miss yeah. from about 60 foot out. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then also we had we had the game against Cheshire at the weekend where, you know, we we were probably feeling like we've let that one slip away. And so you know it's definitely just to be, you know, the best the best version of us, the best team that we can be, um, and and get as many results as we can. Perfect. So final couple of questions um, for you, and it could be over uh, your your two years in the league, I suppose. What's kind of probably been your toughest matchup in the league? Who's been like maybe your toughest opponent? Liggins, I would say I'd I'd say I sometimes guard Liggins or um, Williams, and I'd say I mean both of them play for the same team, and I, I'd probably put them put them as one and two. Um, yeah, just Williams um, is more an aggressive scorer, like always looking for threes. He's also very quick and explosive, uh, so he's a very difficult matchup. Liggins is a little bit different, but he's not as he doesn't feel like he's trying to score every single time he gets the ball, but he's finishing the game with 25 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. You know, he's, he's not just trying to score on you. He's always making kind of like the, a great pass or um, or he can shoot or he can go by you. Um, 
But yeah, Williams is a tough match as well. Yeah, I suppose me your two toughest matchups are the ones in the yeah, same team, great. like that. Just that Lions team, is, <laughs> that Lions team is crazy good this year. So I don't yeah. know if this may maybe a similar kind of answer then. So who would you say is your season's MVP for the field of the BBL then? That's a tough one. Um, I probably say Gino. I probably say Gino Crandell just because I think Leicester, Leicester's probably going to win the league. And uh, I think he kind of makes that team go. I yeah. think he's, um, they're a very deep team. They're a very talented team. Um, but, you know, he's the one that's kind of pushing the pace, hitting guys on the break. Um, you know, he's had some crazy highlight plays this year as well. His passing is phenomenal. Um, but he's also putting up that those those sort of numbers with with guys around him. And, and uh, yeah, get, kind of being the, the facilitator on that team. Uh, so I'd probably say Gino. Um, top three. Fletcher. <laughs> yeah, he's the top three, probably Fletcher and uh, and Liggins. Obviously, Fletcher and Liggins. Nice one, yeah. perfect. So yeah, so um, what should we maybe look to? Uh, final question. Let's make this final one. What do we see for Fraser Malcolm in the future? Obviously, combining your studies in basketball, or will it probably be concentrating more full time in the teaching? No, it's, um, I, I want to play basketball for as long as I, as long as I can. Um, you know the the school's been great with with kind of helping me with um, with doing both, and you know as long as I can do both, I, I want to be kind of um, want to keep playing basketball. And you know it's my passion; and I love it. So yeah, just just keep improving and keep playing. Is that are you in the in the gym hall at lunchtime shooting up threes and stuff? Got, got kids keeping <laughs> the ball and them. <laughs> Uh, I might jump into a couple of school practices when I'm coaching. <laughs> <laughs> if your students are annoying, you're just dunking on them. <laughs> a few <Okay>. times. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, thanks very much for uh, your time tonight. Uh, really enjoyed that, learning about your kind of career so far. So, yeah, thanks very much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, of course, thanks very much.